I have a lump of woozle, it's very confusal. I have a lump of woozle, very sly. Sly. What should happen if you forget about me? Silly old bear. I won't ever forget about you, Pooh. I promise. Not even when I'm a hundred. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do indeed. Pooh? Christopher Robin. No. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 527. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events and meetups, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Deep in the hundred-acre wood where Christopher Robin plays, you'll find the enchanted neighborhood of Christopher's childhood days, and now his adult ones, too. Disney's Christopher Robin, the live-action story of the now-grown title character, reunites him with his favorite childhood toy and companion in a heartwarming story for kids and adults. And the man who has given Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger too, his voice for many years is legendary voice talent Jim Cummings, who joins me on this week's show. Jim's also been the voice of Darkwing Duck, as well as Razul from Aladdin, Ed from The Lion King, Chief Powhatan from Pocahontas, and one of my personal favorites, Ray from The Princess and the Frog, and dozens of other Disney characters, as well as the narrator for Epcot's Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. We're going to discuss not just Jim's own childhood days and journey to taking over as the voice for Winnie the Pooh, but the voiceover process, challenges, working for the first time on the live-action film, and how Pooh has changed in order to deal with a grown-up Christopher Robin. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming events and meets of the month, as well as your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. What should happen if you forget about me? Silly old bear. I won't ever forget about you, Pooh. I promise. Not even when I'm a hundred. Winnie the Pooh might describe himself as a bear of very little brain, but this lovable little bear is one of the most iconic and popular characters of all time. And on August 3rd, he's going to return to the big screen and the Hundred Acre Wood in the live-action film Christopher Robin, which I think is going to take us on an emotional and probably very heartwarming adventure as Christopher gets a helping hand or paw from Pooh to reclaim and regain some of the imaginations he's lost as he's grown up over the years. And guiding him along that journey is the longtime voice of Winnie the Pooh and my guest, Jim Cummings. Jim, I want to welcome you. And and from a personal perspective, thank you. I have been a huge Pooh fan since I was a little kid. And now he and I shop at the same short and fluffy stores. So uh, this is just a personal thrill to be able to talk to you. 
Well, thank you so much, Lou. That was one heck of an intro. <laughs> that, you've done this before. I have. I you have. have done this before, haven't you? Uh, and, I, All and, right. I'm, All right. and I'm sure you have too. And and uh, and and again, I'm. I I'm have so... too. Yes, <laughs> we, we're old veterans here. So, so I, we before, must be having fun. And that's the most important part, right? And and that's one of the things that I think we can tell, and we'll get into is is about the fun. But I think, and that's why I want to sort of go back to the beginning, and maybe starting with your relationship with Pooh. Before you lent him your voice, like as a kid, do you remember reading the books or, or loving the character or having a poo plush? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, uh, it's funny because my uh, my younger brother, I'm nine years older than he, and uh, he he was the big Winnie the Pooh fan. I, I was uh, in my house. I think I was I was probably a little too old and too cool to be a Winnie the Pooh fan right out right off the bat, although we all kind of were anyway. You know, <laughs> because, you know, to an extent, but, but I remember, uh, you know, making a joke about the fact that Winnie the what, you know, and you can see where that's going. <laughs> and, um, and now that now, of course, the joke's on me. I'm Winnie the what. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, and have been for a long time. Well, you know, so, you said uh, something interesting about how I think that we all sort of have this love of poo. Maybe as young boys, we didn't want to admit it, but. Why do you think that mm-hmm. is? Why do you think Pooh is so beloved by kids for, you know, coming up on almost a, a hundred years since the book's been out? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I think it's really, I, I, I've, I've given a lot of thought to this and I think it's, um, it's sort of the same reason that, uh, everybody likes a sunset or, uh, or roasting marshmallows over a campfire you know, it's it's got the, there's a certain calm that settles over you once you get into the hundred acre wood, and um, you know people have pointed out over the years that the, all of the the aspects of human personality are there. There's you know Pooh, he's the calm center of the world, and Tigger's the boisterous one, and Eeyore's got a little gloom, and 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 Piglet is timid, and you know, and each character has their own aspects, and they they contribute to a warm sort of a communal communal feel um you know everybody's welcome in the hundred acre wood i think and uh, and always will be i hope and uh yeah i, th- I think it's just it, it you know i have a friend uh for example who when whenever he uh introduces me he'll he'll you know usually and i actually i think he's using me to pick up girls to be honest with you <laughs> but uh that be that as it may he'll, he'll say well whisper something whisper something away the poo in her ear. And so I do. And, and, and he says, Oh, sorry, man. I just love to see their faces light up, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I think what he's getting at is that it's like a pipeline to, uh, to childhood. You know, I mean, you could be eight or eight, 80 or eight months or, and, um, you know, everyone's face just lights up because they, everybody knows who Winnie the Pooh is at this point. <laughs> and rightly so. Unless they're talking about Tigger, which would be ridiculous, and so I think that's what happens. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a. You're guaranteed. There's there's no con job coming. You're going to be safe. He won't be. You know, he's uh, he's not a transformer. He, you won't be eaten. You know, uh, so so it's always very comforting. Always very comforting to know that you won't be eaten by a bear. Um, we were joking around the other day. It's like, uh, well, this Christopher Robin. It's a story about a. A boy, a man, and a bear, but it's nothing like the Revenant. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, I think you're you saying. 
and I think that's it, right? You're I safe. You, you're safe, right? Right, and there's something comforting. <laughs> I think that's why he's so timeless. He's so ever, and there's no, he has no agenda. There's no cynicism. It's just this sweet innocence that he has had for so long that that I think is so attractive. Like the sunset, yeah. is attractive to so many people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels like home. But your like your journey from you know from the child who may or may not have liked you know talking about poo to to yeah. becoming a voice <laughs> actor, it was somewhat circuitous, right? You were in a band and like you worked at a video store, but like when and and more importantly, why oh, yeah. did you start voice acting and how did you start getting to the point where you got to Winnie the Pooh? Oh well, no, I, I uh, you know I had an affinity for it from, uh, gosh, almost day one. You know, I would joke around uh, and doing, I've told this a million times, you know, dolphin noises in the back of this classroom. And, um, you know, Sister Mary Agnes was nonplussed. Uh, and, uh, and I remember my dad telling me once we were watching uh, the Jack Benny program way, way back when I was quite young, like four or five and him pointing out Mel Blanc saying, he goes, hey, you know, your cartoons, Daffy and Bugs and, and uh, Taz, Devil, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, this is the guy that does, does all those voices. He does the voices for the, the cartoon shows that you like. And I thought, wow, nobody's, he's not in trouble. He doesn't have to stand in the corner for interrupting, you know, or <laughs> threading his way through the mom's card game or what, you know, that type of thing, or it, it's cool. And I, um, and I always just had a, an affinity for it. And I remember, you know, seeing the Paul Winchell, Jerry Mahoney show. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that he, he threw his voice and it looked just like Jerry was talking and then Knucklehead was talking. And, and I, it's just, uh, you know, and, and I ended up growing up to, to meet Paul and become good friends with him, you know, and God rest his soul and, and uh, taking over what his, I guess his biggest character uh, would be Tigger, you know, um, and uh, I, I guess it was circuitous, but I, but it was also, um, you know, everything was like one more step towards it. You know, I was always in bands. I, uh, I was sang like forever. I, I got ten bucks uh, with uh, myself and three other of my friends had a band, and we played the same eleven songs over like three <laughs> times each. And uh, we were, I was thirteen, and I got ten bucks, and I thought I died and gone to heaven. So, you know, I kept on singing. And, you know, when I was a kid, I would uh, be like 10 years old, but I didn't want to be the little prince. I wanted to be the ogre or the hermit or the Billy Goat Cross, you know. And I was probably, uh, without knowing it, doing sort of, you know, research or, or priming myself for the career someday when, when I would do this. And, and, you know, and I aimed for it. I, when I moved, to, I got married and moved to California, uh, left New Orleans and, uh, you know, I, you know, part of being an actor is being a sponge. I, I think James Dean wrote something along these lines as well. And it's, um, you know, you pick up accents, you pick up, uh, yeah, that's, that's New Orleans, for instance, is where I learned the uh, Cajun accent. You know, a lot of people say, well, well, Cajun sounds like somebody from Alabama. No, no, no. There's no Gomer Pyle <laughs> in, in the bayou. You know, uh, that's a whole different thing down there. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, like I say, I was accidentally doing research for my career just by living my life and <laughs> the weird stuff I've done for a living. Deckhand on a riverboat. I designed and painted Mardi Gras floats and, mm. you know, sold them encyclopedias and uh, worked in a video store and 
you know, you pick up things here and there and, and you just kind of put them all together. So I, it, 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 it was a circuitous route, but it, it was one that always had its eye. I always had my eyes on the prize, you know, so well, I and, finally and, made my first demo tape and made it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. So you sort of, you created your own opportunity. Like you made the demo tape and, and correct me if I got the story wrong. You, you show it to a customer at the video store that you're working at, you're working at and he shows oh, yeah. it to Don Bluth. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Sal Romeo was his name. He uh, he had just made a sort of a B-horror movie. And so he was the only person I knew. Oh, you're in showbiz? I've heard of showbiz, you know. <laughs> and he said, took my tape and he gave it to Don Bluth. And they called me up uh, like two weeks later and said, well, we, you, you know, listen to your tape here. And uh, you don't suck, but uh, we're not doing anything. And I'll hold on to it. And I, that kind of sounds like, well, don't call me and I won't call you either. <laughs> Sure enough, a few weeks later, Frank Brandt called Left Coast Production. They were getting ready to do Dumbo Circus because Disney Channel had really just started. I don't, I don't know that it was on for a year yet, or maybe a year and a half. But it was very new. Anyway, they needed programming, and um, so I auditioned uh, for Dumbo Circus, and I got that job. And it lasted a year and a half. And so by that time, I had an agent, and you know, I was doing regularly uh, radio commercials, TV commercials, and and uh, obviously a little animation too. Huh. And here I am. And so you, you know, as you, as you get the role of Winnie the Pooh and, and Tigger 2, it, it has to be, it, I, I try and imagine what an, an incredibly daunting task that must be because you're not only taking on the the voice and the role of a beloved character, but you're also being handed the baton from legends like Sterling Hong- Holloway and, and eventually, you know, Paul Winchell. How much, when you when you get this role, and I'd love to sort of find out how the, the role of Pooh comes to be, how much when you get it do you try and, and learn from or emulate Sterling's portrayal versus somewhat making it your own? Because sure. I have to imagine it's got to be seamless to us, the audience, so you can't stray too right. far. That's the trick. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the trick is to, to create a, you know, just a, a timeline. It could have gone, uh, from the early sixties to, to, to today, you know, that's, that's part of the deal. And I, uh, you know, people have asked me that. And the thing is in 1987, it, it wasn't something that had been around for 32 years. It hadn't even been around for the last 20 in 1987 they did those three shorts in the sixties and he kind of disappeared. Although I, I'm pretty sure there was a welcome to Pooh corner, but, uh, was a, an animatronic show and it was on Disney channel, but that was, it was a very different, different critter, so to speak, you know, uh, it wasn't the animation and it wasn't the, the characters that, you know, as portrayed, uh, even in the sixties. So it wasn't really around, um, in 1987. I mean, now it seems like a big thing because, you know, we've had, God, I don't know, 18 Christmas specials and, uh, you know, hundreds of shows, My Friends Tigger and Pooh and The Book of Pooh and The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and and The Tigger Movie, The Piglet's Big Movie, I mean, on and on and on, plus all the specials, Valentine specials, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know. Now it's a decades old body of work, but at the time it was three shorts that from the sixties, 20 years before. Do you understand? Sure. Right. 
But but, you know, so but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that as big then from day one when I we started as it is now. Um, so I I didn't it wasn't a big, you know it didn't seem like I was a, uh, you know shouldering the weight of the world. Right. You right. know not that I am now, not that I am now. But uh, you know and and you're right. The idea for me was uh, it just has to sound like a continuation this has to sound like it and i wasn't even all that crazy about my i, I think i'm much better now <laughs> but uh but uh you know at the time uh, i wasn't i didn't think i did the best my very best winnie the pooh uh, it wasn't quite there yet but you know as time went on i think i, I grew into into it and uh and i used to joke around and say that i was tigger light back in the <laughs> early days because paul had not retired you know god bless him you know he uh you know, he was in good health and he would go back and forth oddly enough to Africa uh, because at the time, way back when, there was a horrible famine. And he, uh, the genius that he is, uh, uh, theorized that he could get mud skippers, these little mud sharks, these little critters that live in uh, the banks of the rivers down south, and export those and start fish hatcheries or fish rookery, however, you know, nurseries. And it's not fine cuisine, but it's protein, and it's you know it's got all the the nutrients and 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 it's you know food, glorious food, right? But it, <laughs> you know it's better than you know the, the horrible starvation that was over there at the time. And so, I would be Tigger when he would go for like two or three shows or four shows in a row, and then he'd come back, and then he would be Tigger. And the idea, you know, was that it it you know for me it had to sound like a just one ticker, and thank goodness it uh, it did. Obviously, so so um, you know that time went on, and uh, you know, and Paul was an older fella, um, and I uh, remember he at one point, uh, you know, toward the end there, God bless, he you know he endured a stroke, and uh, and it was one of his last recording sessions, uh, and he was there, and he had a driver, and and he held his hands out. In front of him, uh, palms facing each other, maybe like six inches apart, and he, he said, "Well, kid, that's that's all I can see anymore. That's all I can see right there. Everything else is just gray on the sides." And I kind of let that wash over me, and I was trying to, you know, think of what that would be. And I just asked him, "I said, so, well, what does this mean now, Paul? What, what, what's you know?" And he just kind of looked at the floor, you know, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he says. It means I want you to take care of my little buddy for me, kid. Mm. And obviously you understand the the impetus and the weight of, of doing that because the characters are so beloved. So now you, you're playing two sort of very diverse characters like Pooh, who obviously is, is a much more uh, delicate type of voice versus is Tigger. Yeah. Is it helpful to you that they're so disparate to a certain degree in their mannerisms and their attitude oh, yeah. and the way their voices are? Sure. Yeah, I've, I've often thought that, you know, it's uh, people say, gosh, they're so different. They don't sound anything alike. And, I, and the fact is, that's grit. That's just fine. Because I, I think, uh, you know, it would be harder to do Pooh and uh, Piglet because they're both sort of a delicate, they don't sound alike. But they're sort of in that same placement. You know, they're both up there a little bit. You know, I always, you know, Pooh's sort of at the bottom of my falsetto and top of my tenor with a little sand. I, I, in fact, I just uh, described him a while ago as uh, I always thought that Sterling Holloway's voice sounded like the wind blowing through cattails. 
a breeze, you know, and, uh, you know, if that's, uh, you know, I guess that's the way I think, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it actually helps that they're, they're, uh, quite separate. And, so and what I'll about, I'm sorry. No, I said, so I'll take it. <laughs> and so when you have to sing, you know, is it, is there an additional challenge having to sing as a character where, you know, like I said, Pooh sort of has that, that shorter range where Tigger sort of just, you know, kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's funny because I jokingly say that you know Pooh, Pooh's not that good a singer, but Tigger <laughs> can really wail. He can it, no, stand back. He's ready to rock, but uh, <laughs> it's just uh, I think it's just from uh, the robustness uh, of the voice. You know, Pooh's uh, sort of fragile and delicate, if you will, but uh, and Tigger's just so boisterous. He's you know, uh, he's got a little Ethel Merman in him, I think, somewhere. I don't know. Uh, or maybe Joe Cocker, hard to say. <laughs> Who knows? So so I'm trying to picture you in the sound booth recording. Do you sort of absorb, you know, the mannerisms of these two somewhat disparate characters when you voice them? Like, are you standing for one and sitting for the other and sort of, you know, flailing oh, your arms around? There must be something going on around here because I just answered a question similar to that. Yeah, I, I remember seeing myself on camera for the first time. There was some video and there was some still shots. And even without uh, hearing anything, I said, oh, my gosh, that's poo. And because I stand there and my shoulders slouch and my, my tummy pops up a bit, protrudes a bit. And, and I just kind of, you know. And uh, and then Tigger it stands there sort of like uh, like he's a boxer getting ready to. You know, he's chest out, he's got his fists balled up, hands on hips, ready to go, ready to bounce. And uh, so I, I think there must be something that takes over. You know, uh, something projects outward from, <laughs> from wherever <laughs> the 100 Acre Wood is inside of me, and it, it affects everything. There's a little it's bit of you in there, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. But you can, you can take a picture of me be, doing... Winnie the Pooh and take a picture of me doing Tigger and you'll know which one it is. <laughs> so now with Christopher Robin, um, the, you know, Pooh is, is sort of coming to life on screen, not as an animated character, but, you know, I think how he was first imagined as this three-dimensional fluffy bear. So for you, sure. one, you know, what's it like seeing him on screen like that versus animated? And more importantly for you, how different was it, the process of working with animators versus creating Pooh for, for a live-action film like this? Uh, it was a ball. I just loved it, you know? Um, we, the, uh, when we first started the project, you know, uh, they flew me over to England and, and Brigham and, uh, and Mark. They uh, showed me around the, the actual uh, workshop where they were making all of them. And they had all the trial and error, and they wanted it to look just so. And they and it had to look vintage, but um, but not ragged. You know, it had to. They all had to look as if to, as if they were exactly what they were a, a little boy's stuffed animals that he had a, a ball with, playing with his imagination for years and years, and grew up and um, you know got left behind in the hundred acre wood as he as he progressed into adulthood. But they they looked they were so I was just overwhelmed at the the charming quality of them. I mean I, I thought to myself, well they're not going to sell any of these, are they? <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody's going to want to buy these. <laughs> right. 
it was all I could do to keep from uh, leaving one there is not stuffing it in my suitcase and uh, coming back with them. But it, and it was, uh, it was a very interesting thing because it, uh, it brings them to life in a very different way. And, you know, there's a part of, part of me, part of everyone, I think that, uh, that when you see the hundred acre wood as portrayed in the, in, in Christopher Robin, you're going, Oh yeah, that's the bridge. Oh my God. It looks just like it. <laughs> You know, and, it's, and of course it does. You know, it's uh, it's it looks just like the Poo Sticks Bridge. Oh my gosh, I know that tree. You know, I've seen that tree a hundred times. It's sure. so it's a beautiful thing. It, it, it's kind of goosebumpy. It's really kind of goosebumpy. It is for me, and I'm sure it will be for others as well. And I think it's going to be that way for a lot of adults who grew up with poo. You know, we're not going to be just taking our oh, kids absolutely. to see it for our kids. We're going to be seeing it for ourselves as well. And and what's oh, interesting. Gosh about this film is that you know now Christopher Robin you know he's all grown up so he's dealing you know with very sort of uh, adult issues is the character of Pooh somewhat different in this film than the prior films because of where we are sort of in Christopher Robin's life no I don't think so I don't think so I think uh, I think that's part of the charm is that uh, Pooh has remained a constant and Christopher is the one who has grown up, but also grown away. And he kind of grew away from himself as well. And I think Pooh is the touchstone that brings him back to uh, not only to the Hundred Acre Wood physically, but, but mentally and spiritually and brings him back to the things that matter in life. You know, your family, your life, the people that love you, that surround you, not the, uh, not the time card that you punch when you go to work. And you know we all get lost in that that uh, that treadmill occasionally or or can, and so I think um, you know the fact that Pooh has been there and remains uh, a constant is is a comfort you know to to Christopher and it and it certainly it uh, I, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> Well, Jim, I will tell you again, as, again, a, a, a longtime Winnie the Pooh fan and now a parent of children who are excited to see it, um, you sure. look, also have been living the dream. You know, you were the kid that got kicked out of class for for doing the stuff that you're now making a living <laughs> out of. Uh, there's, You know, I, I imagined your kids, like, taking you to school for, like, showing, for, for showing the tell. This is who oh, my dad yeah. is. This is Winnie the Pooh. But Very much so. Uh, on behalf of me and my so. family, I want to thank you for the years of the smiles and the laughs and the happy tears and, and carrying on the wonderful legacy of one of the world's most beloved characters. I will be there on August 3rd to see Christopher Robin, and I sincerely appreciate your, your time and your gift. Oh, my gosh. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Lou. Very well said. And God bless, and uh, welcome to the 100 Acre Wood. Thank you. Same to you, Jim. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details sometimes in what you see or in what you hear. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week, I brought you to Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe in Frontierland, where inside there are so many wonderful stories and retelling of the Pecos Bill story that you can find throughout the restaurant, as well as the oh-so-incredibly-wonderful Fixins Bar. But I digress, because your, your question last week was to tell me, what is the name of Pecos Bill's horse? Now, there's a picture of Pecos Bill and his horse over the fireplace near where you order and the aforementioned oh-so-incredibly-awesome Fixins Bar. But the name of Pecos Bill's trusted companion is, of course, Widowmaker. Now, if you have no idea who I'm talking about, Pecos Bill was part of an animated compilation film called Melody Time, which was released in 48, told the great story of Pecos Bill and Slewfoot Sue, and of course, Widowmaker, told by Roy Rogers and the Sons of the Pioneers. Excellent film. You should go back and catch it, catch it on DVD. In fact, and this actually could have helped you get the answer to this week's question, if you go back to show number three, like as in three, as in February 2007, I think that's actually my very first DSI Disney scene investigation was of Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. You'll also hear some news from the time and some rumors, which would be interesting to compare some of the rumors from 2007 versus what has come to fruition in 2018. There's lots of trivia and more. Again, that's show number three from February 2007. But the winner of this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest, randomly selected, is... Julia Lawrence. So, Julia, congratulations. You get all the digital products, the vinyl sticker, and the pop socket for, for your phone. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, in honor of the release of the Christopher Robin film, and of course my guest Jim Cummings this week, our trivia question also has to be about Winnie the Pooh, a character whom I loved as a child and really gained an affinity for again as an adult and here in Florida the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh in Fantasyland and the Magic Kingdom remains an incredibly popular and really a new classic attraction for kids and adults alike even those like me that very much miss Mr. Toad and his wild ride and that's why you'll find tributes to that extinct attraction inside the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh for example when you're in Owl's house you'll find a picture of Mr. Toad handing the deed over to Al. You have to sort of turn around to see if you can find it. In that same room, you'll also find an image of Mr. Toad and Molly, who is one of uh, Mr. Toad's best friends. And while there are nods to the attraction which had previously occupied that space in Fantasyland, there's also another reference to an additional extinct Fantasyland attraction. Remember that before the relatively recent expansion into new Fantasyland, Fantasyland and Walt Disney World looked and felt like a very different place. So your challenge this week is to tell me what extinct Walt Disney World Fantasyland attraction is honored in the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Now, I'll give you another hint. It's actually not inside the attraction or technically even the queue itself. But tell me, what extinct Fantasyland attraction is also honored in the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh? You have until Sunday, July 29th at 11.59 p.m., Go to www.radio.com, click on the podcast link, and then this week's episode. Use the online form there. If you get the question right, you'll be playing for all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom's details and stories and history, my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, a new vinyl sticker for your car or your laptop or your wall or anywhere that you can only get as a prize, and I'll send you a pop socket for your phone. But I was just thinking, I was about sort of extinct attractions and the queue and how Fantasyland has changed. 
And so do you remember back in about 2001, when they were first creating the interactive queue, there was a play area just outside the covered queue of the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, where guests could jump on these black and orange striped circles or look just like Tigger that had these springs underneath, which would sort of launch you from pad to pad or just sort of jumping up and down. It was only open literally, I think for only one day, hindsight being 2020, I can see an attorney possibly going, is this a good idea having kids bouncing up and down, flying into each other? This is just an accident and litigation waiting to happen, but it was open only for a day. They eventually closed that area off and made it into a meet and greet location where you could meet Tigger and Pooh. So I'm going to give you a bonus question. What was the name of this oh-so-very incredibly short-lived play area where guests could bounce on the black and orange circles? If you get that question right, make sure you put your shirt size in the online form because I will send you a shirt from the WW Radio shirt store. It could be a WW Radio logo shirt, and I'm just here for the food shirt, a Marvel shirt, a Disney shirt, Walt Disney World, something fun and geeky. Who knows? There's literally thousands of shirts in the store. If you go to www.radio.com slash shirts, you can see a lot of the different designs that we have in there. Also, always be on the lookout as they go on sale quite often. Again, it's www.radio.com slash shirts. So if you get the bonus trivia question right, I will send you a shirt as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for taking the time to spend and share and listen this week. I invite you to continue to be part of the conversation and more importantly, the community and family. Go to www.radio.com slash community. Join our Box People group on Facebook. Make yourself at home, introduce yourself and be part of or start your own conversation about this show or anything else you'd like to talk about as well. I also want to say thank you to all the longtime members and welcome some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family. I want to thank some longtime members like Gary Zarilli, David Potts, Marla Chan, John Jones, Terry Stinson Darty, Amanda Bowner, Beth Hausberger, Jennifer Kaufman, Chris Alger, and Katie Kuhn. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you individually and all of the love and the help and the support of the show. If you want to find out not only how you can help the show, but also get rewards every month, including scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group. I'll send you personalized magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. And one of the things that I love doing, we have these live video group calls where it's not just you watching me, but all of us get together on a group call and talk about a variety of different topics. To find out more, you can visit www.radio.com support. And please don't forget that a portion of your contributions do go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America through our Dream Team project. It is by far the most important part of what I and really we as a community do. And I appreciate all of you for being part of the nation family. Don't forget that you can also join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. Also, be sure and turn on notifications on Facebook so you get notified as I get live from the parks, etc. as well. You can like the page at facebook.com slash wwradio, but again, join the community at wwradio.com slash community. You can also follow me on social. I am at Lou Mangello. That's my personal profile, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at wwradio.com, or call the voice and I'll be heard on the air with a question, a comment, a hello from the parks. 
or restaurant at 407-900-9391. Of course, don't forget that as much as I love connecting with you online, I still believe in my heart of hearts that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do in-person events, monthly meetups, and on-the-road events, including next month, I'll be in Indiana and Pennsylvania, back-to-back. Saturday, August 25th, I'll be speaking at the Indy Disney Meet in Nobleton, Indiana. The following day, I'll be speaking at a school in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, but we'll be doing an on-the-road meetup at 5.30 that night. For more information, go to the events page at www.radio.com to find out more on RSVP. And speaking of speaking, the school year is going to be here before you know it. So if you're looking for a speaker for your middle college or graduate school or for your business or your conference, you can visit lumangelo.com to find out about some of the variety of topics that I can speak to your event at and also maybe how I can help you individually, whether with it's with one-on-one coaching or small group mentoring. I do have two spots left for my weekly mastermind group that meets on Tuesday nights. Again, to find out more about either opportunity, visit lumangelo.com. And while you're there, please take a look at my Momentum Weekend Workshop. It takes place again Saturday and Sunday, October 6th and 7th here in Walt Disney World. It is a very small, limited to 50-person, two-day conference, and more importantly, interactive workshop that will help you make real change to your business and your life, whether you have an idea, a product, a service, or you're a a blogger, a podcaster, whatever it is that you do, I want to help you make changes and help you turn what you love into what you do. There are just a few seats left. We're about 12 or so seats left for that, and just a couple for the optional Mastermind Day. Again, you can visit lumangelo.com. Click on the Momentum Conference tab and find out more there. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll be happy to chat with you one-on-one to see if Momentum is right for you. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the whole team over at MouseFanTravel.com. Whether you're going to World Land, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, Aulani, they will give you exceptional service all at no cost to you. And again, that it's that personal service that really makes the difference. Then go to celebrationspress.com. Find out how you can subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether you, we have met yet or not, and hopefully we'll meet in the future, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. That's all I ask is that you let others know about it. Tell your friends tweet out that you're listening, share a link to this or one of your favorite episodes over on Facebook or in your favorite Facebook group, if you can. And if you can, take just a few seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. That is incredibly helpful to getting the word out. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Jayco. There's like 76 letters in there. He says, or she says, it's amazing. I found out about Lou and the podcast when one day I decided I wanted to get into podcasts. Wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to get into, but after recently coming back from a Disneyland trip, I decided to look up Disney podcasts and found WW Radio. I'm the kind of person who's got to start at the beginning for everything. So when I saw Lou had just released his 500th episode, I second-guessed myself in starting it, but it was one of the best decisions of my life. Lou's the type of guy who you want to listen to talk about Disney because he truly loves the company, I do, and what they do, also true, likely more than you do, maybe, the knowledge he has on everything, especially food and the guests, the legends, other podcasters, employees, makes every show enjoyable and are shows you can anticipate to listen to every week. I've been able to listen to the first 80 episodes. Wow. And about 15 current ones. Maybe I can fit them all in before my next WW trip the last week of August. Man, that's a lot of Lou in a short period of time. But Lou's contribution goes way outside the weekly podcast. 
He takes the time to interact with fans, not fans, friends, answer every email. I do. It takes me time, but I get there. Has monthly meetups and goes above and beyond to make sure we have our Disney fix in between trips to the world. Here's to having the August meetup during the first weekend of the Food and Wine Festival. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Jack Kuda. Right, you know who you are. Uh, Tina seven six seven eight six one eight says, "I didn't. I don't know what I do without WW Radio. Wow, the pressure's on. Lose knowledge of Walt Disney World, especially the food. There's a trend here. It's so detailed and captivating. He has a knack for interviewing people, especially." knowledgeable speaking knowledgeably about disney historically and in the present and with doing dining reviews not only are his podcasts informative but he's inspiring those podcasts are a reminder that doing what makes you happy is so important i look forward to each new podcast every week because lou's able to bring a little bit of that disney magic right to you i hope he keeps up his podcast for many years to come i do as well tina and person whose name i can't pronounce i listen as long as you keep listen listening I will keep doing this show, and, and I am grateful to you and for you for the opportunity and the privilege. Again, go to iTunes if you want to leave a review. It, it's very much appreciated, and I want to reiterate and really make sure you understand just how much I do appreciate you individually and all of you as a community. I could not do this if it weren't for you, and that's the thing that's important, right? Like The stuff that you can buy, that's great and all, but... It's so important to make sure that you keep track of and you recognize and appreciate every single day, much as I do with you, even if we've never met yet, the things that money can't buy. And this community and you and the love and the support and the family and the friendship is the most important, valuable thing to me. And I am incredibly grateful to you for that. And if there's ever any way that I can repay that incredible gift and favor to you, please let me know. I hope that this is your best week ever. I hope to see you on the live show on Wednesday night and or in the park soon. So have a great week. See ya. Hi, this is Bob W. from West Bend, Wisconsin. On the last episode, 524, you discussed the Year of Million Dreams celebration, and it was a special one for me because my wife and my sons and I were waiting in line for Splash Mountain, and apparently there was a mechanical malfunction. It was shut down for a while. For a half hour in the tunnels, and it was quite hot. We were all getting upset, and we were worried about how our day was going to be blown. We decided to stick it out because of my one son's suggestion. We're so glad we did. They eventually got the ride going. We got to ride it. As we got out, there were three people there from the Dream Team, and they handed us... Uh, magical fast passes that had the little tear-off stubs around the outside edge, and we had essentially 10 or 12 fast passes for the major ride, and we instantly went from being hot and tired and maybe a little bit upset about the loss of time to throwing away our entire schedule of rushing around the parks and just relaxing, and we had the best day. And I absolutely love that whole promotion, whether it was a single fast pass or some other special treats. It was a wonderful concept. I wish they'd bring it back at some point if they could. And I just want to let you know that that sure changed our day and the whole event for us. Thanks very much for the show and for all you do. Hey, Lou. This is Beth Strickland calling from New York City. Um, it was great to get back from a cruise to Greece. Uh, it was wonderful. Only wish it had been on Disney. 
Um, but it was great to get back and have two podcasts to listen to. So um, calling in response to uh, the questions from this week's about um, my thoughts on the most significant thing. For me, um, I think the most significant thing that I've really seen and felt in the last 10 years um, is the move to have the princesses be more independent and self-sufficient. Um, kind of started, you had it a little bit with Belle, but then, you know, it's continued on through Rapunzel and Tiana and then in particular Merida and Anna and Elsa and uh, Moana where, you know, they're doing it for themselves and the whole, like, dream big princess thing that they have going on, which is now expanding to filmmakers from recent articles that I've seen. So, you know, really empowering girls and showing them that they can do things and that they don't have to have a man come rescue them all the time. So I think that in and of itself is probably one of the best things that they've done for society as a whole in a long time. So anyway, as always, love the show. Um, planning my next trip to Disney uh, the weekend after Labor Day. So very excited about that. Using Jackie at Mousepan Travel. She's awesome. Um, and today managed to get through for the Passholder Playtime. So I get to do that special thing at Toy Story Land on the Saturday that I'm there, which will be a super early morning after a flight that gets in at midnight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be worth it. So, super excited about it. Everybody have a magical day. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Charlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, calling in to do the countdown for you. You have 449 days. Yes, that's 449. That's under 450 days to that very, very exciting Disney adventure in Japan. Woo! Okay, and then you have 77 days roughly until momentum, and we have 70 days now until the Naggies and the Sternbergs take over Walt Disney World, and it's going to be so much fun. I hope you guys have a wonderful, magical day, and stay positive like Lou always says, and thank you for taking us into Pixar Place this past week. It was absolutely amazing. I loved seeing the videos and all the wonderful food. Have a grand weekend, everyone. Love and hugs. Who? Christopher Robin. No. The tree I remember was in the countryside, not here in London. There's no opening. I suppose it's where it needs to be. That's a silly explanation. Why, thank you. Pooh, why are you here? Oh, yes, I need your help. I've lost all of my friends. Let's get to the bottom of this. Look up, Pooh. Here I come. Uh, oh. It would appear that I am stuck. Have you just eaten honey? I have not just eaten honey. I wonder which way. I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I have been.
Do you? That's the way I do it. Hello, Eeyore. Christopher Robin, it's you playing again. <laughs> Let's go and see if we can find Piglet. I've already stayed far too long. Hello, everyone. It's Christopher Robin! So nice to see you all again. Why, thank you. Silly old bear. I was wrong about work. I was wrong about everything, and I've got to get back to my family. Farewell, Christopher Robin. I would have liked it to go on for a while.